Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us as we kickstart another week. And as normal, a lot of news to get to out of the weekend. The Hoosiers picked up a commitment from Miami transfer Anthony Walker on Saturday. That really wasn't a big surprise. Once we found out he was on campus late last week, that uh, had been a very quiet recruitment from the transfer portal. But the visit lets you know it was something serious between the two, and Walker will be a Hoosier next season. We'll talk about his addition to the roster. And as Walker comes in, Geronimo goes out. We've known that Jordan has been in the transfer portal, but he made a decision over the weekend on where he will play college basketball next season. And I'm sure you've seen it, but it will be in the Big Ten Conference. So that will be interesting. I tell you, interconference transfers out of the portal are always interesting just to see how they work out and how someone can fit into a different coach, a different style, a a different system. We'll see if Jordan Geronimo, who is now closer to his hometown, uh, can uh, maybe kickstart his college career here as we begin another week of shows. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, we'll take a look at some of these headlines about Walker committing to the program and Geronimo making his decision. A lot of other commitment and transfer portal, even some IU football news that we'll get to. And IU baseball did not have a good weekend. They were swept by Maryland, and they have fallen out of first place in the Big Ten Conference. So we'll talk about that as well. Also, later today, it's Monday, so Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will stop by. We'll talk IU basketball, the Walker commitment, the Geronimo departure, and more with him when he joins us a little bit later. And then Chad Gilbert, the athletic director at Charlestown High School, IHSAA executive board member, he'll be with us to close out today. We talk local sports with Chad, and the baseball and softball sectional pairings came out yesterday and in some of our local sectionals with how strong the programs are, the draw is really important. So we'll talk some of that with Chad and a little basketball, I'm sure, as well, coming up later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502 502- 414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Really simple. Just pull out your phone, send in a message. It can be a question. It can be a comment. It can be on IU. It can be on local stuff. 
It could be on the NBA playoffs. I really don't care what it's about. We love to hear from you. We love to get your viewpoints across, your questions across to the great guests that join us each day on the show. So send me a text, 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, Thornton's will take care of you. Right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And let's get into some of these headlines. Jordan Walker, Anthony Walker, let me get this straight. Jordan Geronimo to Maryland, Anthony Walker to IU. Uh, Anthony Walker committed to the program on Saturday. He took an IU official visit last week and made a commitment over the weekend on Saturday with a video of Assembly Hall announcing his decision uh, with Assembly Hall in the background. Walker is six foot nine, 215 pounds, played four years at Miami. He has one year, his COVID year of eligibility remaining for college basketball, which he will lose or use, I should say, at Indiana. Uh, Walker is from Baltimore and obviously uh, had a, a, a solid career, a decent career. Sophomore year at Miami was really good. I mean, he was on the brink, it looked like, of becoming one of their better players. Uh, but as they upticked in talent and made a run to the Final Four this past season, his production, his minutes, his opportunities really went down. He did have four points and a handful of rebounds in the Miami win over Indiana. You might remember that back a month or so ago in the NCAA tournament. But uh, definitely an interesting pickup, athletic, long Lanky, a rebounder, maybe a backup on the interior for a already fairly strong or I should say heavy maybe interior ball club, uh, given some pickups here this offseason with Sparks and, of course, Ware. But Anthony Walker, he's the latest Hoosier on the IU roster. Uh, Indiana now has two scholarships open for its 23-24 roster, and we'll see what they do with those remaining scholarships. You've got to believe that they will go to guards and wing players that are going to help handle the ball and, and shoot the ball. So, uh, but Anthony Walker, an interesting addition to the IU roster. We'll see how he fits in for the Hoosiers next season. As Walker commits to Indiana, Jordan Geronimo, who's been in the transfer portal now for a while, he announced his uh, decision over the weekend that he is going to stay in the Big Ten Conference, go closer to his home, and play at Maryland. On Twitter, he said, quote, Dear Hoosier Nation, First off, I want to say thank you for all the love and support you guys had shown me during my three years as a Hoosier. However, after much thought and consideration, I've decided to play for the University of Maryland next season. So this is interesting. Ger Geronimo, a guy that entered Indiana with a lot of hype, not on what he would be as a freshman or maybe even a sophomore, but what he would be as a junior and senior in college basketball. And I don't think he ever reached that uh, potential at Indiana. He showed flashes a number of times over his career, which I think kept everybody very helpful that he was someone when Mike Woodson came in, he needed to retain. He didn't want to let him get out of town and enter the portal, and he stayed for Coach Woodson, but he has entered the portal, has committed to Maryland now uh, for his uh, final season of college basketball. Uh, last season, he appeared in 27 of Indiana's games, so he did get in a lot of games. Six starts while Race Thompson was out with his knee injury. He averaged 12.4 minutes per game and shot 54.8% from the field. Averaged 4.2 points, 2.4 rebounds, almost one block, and one half of a steal per game. 
his best game, probably the double-double against Wisconsin, which was a very important win for Indiana last season. But uh, that's the story of Geronimo for his career. 3.8 points, 2.7 rebounds is how he will finish his time in Bloomington. And, of course, it is interesting to think about it, but Indiana and Maryland, we know the Big Ten pairings for next year, the home and away and the single game home or the single game away games. Maryland is one of the teams Indiana will face twice in the 23-24 season, once in Bloomington and then once in College Park, Maryland. So that will be interesting. I think any time, any conference, anywhere that someone enters the portal and winds up staying in the conference at another school, it's just kind of an interesting storyline to pay attention to as we get ready for Big Ten hoops next winter and as we think about IU and Maryland next season. It's definitely going to be something that we pay attention to. And we're all lying, whether it's me that covers the, the team on this show every day or you that listens and, and uh, watches all the games and is intently an Indiana fan. We're all lying if we say we won't be watching Geronimo uh, to see what he can do at Maryland. Can he finally turn the corner, or will he continue to be more of a role player that finds time coming in off the bench. I know Maryland has had some big transfers in and out this offseason, so the opportunity could be there for Geronimo to find a key role, a starting role next season uh, at Maryland, but that will be interesting to find out. Geronimo always just a likable kid, I thought, as well. Uh, be interesting to see what he's able to do at Maryland in another season of college basketball. Also, a report came out from John Rothstein over the weekend that Indiana is uh, scheduled or is scheduling Auburn for next season as part of their non-conference teams. Uh, that is uh, an interesting pickup for the season. Uh, according to John, IU planning to face Auburn in Atlanta this coming December. So uh, you could think about the potential sites in Atlanta for a uh, neutral site location, but definitely uh, one to pencil in in the uh, non-conference portion of the season Indiana and Auburn could be a December 9th game. That's the game Indiana played Arizona out in Vegas last weekend, which was obviously a one-year deal, but things have not been finalized yet, according to Rothstein. So, of course, Mike Woodson, the coach of the Atlanta Hawks from 04 to 2010, Yersir Roseman, he's from Atlanta, and, of course, Indiana's staff has been very heavy in recruiting the state of Georgia. You've got Caleb Banks and Ja'Kai Newton on the roster for next season that are both Georgia natives as well. So we'll be interesting to see uh, how this one shapes up. Really, it'll be interesting to see how the non-conference portion of the schedule shapes up for Indiana next season. A couple other notes. IU football got a commitment from 2024 tight end Brody Cosson over the weekend. He's the first commit in the Hoosiers 2024 class. He is from Clarkston, Michigan and tweeted out his decision that he was committed to coach Allen and the IU program on Saturday. Also, another IU uh, football note I want to mention, uh, no IU football player was chosen in the NFL draft over the weekend that started on Thursday night for the first time since 2013. There were several on the roster from last season that are getting or working on free agent deals, but First time since 2013 that no IU football player was chosen in any round of the NFL draft. That is interesting. Nine straight years with a player being selected in the NFL draft. Uh, Tawan Mullen has signed with the Chargers. Uh, Safety Devon uh, Matthews uh, signed with the Denver Broncos. 
Cam Jones, linebacker, he's with the Kansas City Chiefs. Cornerback Jalen Williams has signed with the Minnesota Vikings. Offensive tackle Luke Haggard has signed with Tampa. Defensive tackle Demarcus Elliott with Kansas City. And running back Sean Sivers, uh, he received a rookie camp, uh, mini camp invite from the Seattle Seahawks. So that's where things stand as far as IU. Even without a draft pick this year, a lot of activity from players uh, as far as NFL goes for next season. IU baseball swept by Maryland over the weekend. That will cost them, at least for now, first place in the Big Ten Conference. This young Indiana baseball team, they were really playing well. They were on an eight- or nine-game winning streak heading into the weekend series at home against Maryland, but things came back down to earth this weekend. Maryland is playing great baseball right now. They're now 30-15 and 15 overall, 11-4 and four in the Big Ten Conference. They put up double-digit runs in all three games, a 13-2 win in Friday's series opener to get things rolling for the Terrapins. So a big weekend for Maryland. They sweep Indiana baseball. They pick up a commitment from former IU player Jordan Geronimo. But this Indiana team, they're, they're going to be fun. They're going to make a regional. Will they get to host a regional? I think it's still a possibility. Uh, a win over a series win over Maryland would have helped that cause even further. But uh, big uh, series win by Maryland in Bloomington over the weekend. Also, this is just a general IU athletics note. IU has defeated Purdue in the Governor's Cup standings for a fourth straight year. IU athletics can claim overall dominance in some ways over Purdue. Indiana, a eleven and a half to four and a half edge over Purdue in the annual Governor's Cup competition with four points left to be determined between now and the end of the 22-23 academic year. Uh, it's already in Indiana's advantage, uh, definitely. So uh, you can go through and look at all the different results dating all the way back to a volleyball game uh, back on October 14th. The most recent uh, game was the uh, Purdue women's golf, IU women's golf match on April 21st through the 23rd. couple things left, a men's golf match at the Big Ten Championships, baseball the teams have a one-game set left in Bloomington coming up later in this month. And then you've got the Big Ten Women's and Men's Track and Field Championships in Bloomington where points could still be earned in this uh, Governor's Cup competition. But Indiana Athletics claiming their superiority over the Boilermakers, at least for the 22-23 athletic season. Let's look at some headlines. We've got other things we'll talk about later, including baseball pairings that came out over the weekend. Some interesting uh, first-round matchups. Jeffersonville gets a bye in the 4A sectional. We'll tell you more about that coming up as well. Uh, but stay with us. We'll head to a commercial break. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter Ask, is Jordan Dingle coming to Indiana? Well, he's not made a decision yet, but I saw over the weekend he's got all sorts of big-name schools that have reached out to him. Indiana was one of the first two schools to reach out to him, but he's got a long list of schools to choose from, a very quality player, the Ivy League player of the year. It'll be interesting to see, and he's a guard as well. It'll be interesting to see where he ultimately goes. We'll head to a break. We're back with more. A chat with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is coming up after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us, always Mondays in this segment. And Zach, a commitment for Indiana over the weekend. Anthony Walker from Miami, who the Hoosiers saw just a month and a week or so ago in the NCAA tournament is headed to Bloomington for his final year of college basketball. Yeah, I mean, an interesting one, probably not the, um, you know, not going to be one that, that will get people out of their seats at quite the same level. Uh, in fact, I think he uh, I think he had like four points in that game against Indiana. Um, but he's, a, he's an interesting player insofar as maybe what he tells you a little bit about Indiana's desire for roster composition as much as anything. He's six foot nine. He's got some wingspan to him. He's athletic. He's never been hyper-productive from a, a, a points or an averages standpoint. If you look at his, uh, you know, sort of his advanced metrics profile, there there's never really been, there's never really, it's not like there's one thing that he does that he's, oh, he's an elite rebounder or, or he gets, you know, he draws fouls at a crazy rate. He had a pretty good season as a sophomore in 2021. Obviously, that was the COVID season. I think that was statistically his most, productive season uh, and it was also kind of the one season where there were a small handful of things where if you look at his his kin prom profile he popped up in some national rankings and some conference rankings um but i i, I do think you know six foot nine 215 power forward type player um you know number one listen there's 13 scholarships you know there's always going to be a couple at the back end number two um this really does feel, I, I tweeted this out when this commitment became official on Saturday, um, it really does feel to me like Mike Woodson is, is, is building something akin to what he had with the Hawks in Atlanta. A lot of length, a lot of athleticism, a lot of positional versatility, um, the ability to, to switch functionally and smoothly and effectively, um, I just think I think that this is this is a player who fits the physical profile, the athletic profile, and you know it, it may uh, he may not play a ton of minutes. We'll see. He may be a player who's more valuable to Mike Woodson behind the scenes at times. You know, it's, it's always important to remember that you've got to have a, a a deep roster because that makes practices more productive. Um, but I, I, I do think that this, this reflects a little bit that um, uh, that uh, that sort of physical profile that Mike Woodson really seems to value in wanting length, wanting size, wanting reach, wanting wingspan, you know, especially defensively. I think Anthony Walker fits, uh, fits that bill. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, you know, you mentioned Walker. He did have four points against Indiana. His average, uh, really, in any category wasn't outstanding. He 
uh, played some regular minutes, but more mm-hmm. as a role player, it seems, for Miami. Uh, interesting pickup for sure because Indiana, they're not flush like maybe you could say they were a year ago with interior players led by Trace Jackson Davis, but they do have a number of options in that area of the team. Uh, obviously, fans want to know what's going on with the guard position and when's Indiana, who's Indiana going to get out of the portal to help the guard uh, situation now that Xavier Johnson is confirmed back for another year of basketball. So I think Indiana's addition of Walker is interesting, and it's going to be um, interesting to see how he fits into things. But, Zach, the real question here is what does Indiana do next with a guard spot? Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, I mean, they've been in touch uh, with Ray J. Dennis. I think a lot of people feel like he may go to Illinois. They've been in touch with Jordan Dingle. Um, I don't think that's going to make them, you know, I don't think that's going to, I don't think they're alone in that. Jordan Dingle is, is going to be one of the most hotly pursued uh, players in the portal uh, or guards in the portal. And it's worth saying, you know, the portal is, I think one of the things we have to sort of recondition ourselves to from a recruiting perspective is, you know, we used to look at the bulk of spring recruiting as kind of there being this, this, you know, this sort of finite pool of talent that was a, maybe a small handful of grad transfers that looked really good. And then, you know, either guys who'd waited until spring to sign or guys who had decided to reopen their recruitment for whatever reason after the season and everybody who had needs in the spring would pick from that group and slowly but surely that that talent group would be sort of winnowed down until there wasn't much left you know jordan dingle is a really good example of and if, if, i guess if people don't know i should say who he is he averaged about 23 and a half a little under 23 and a half points per game last year for penn he was the ivy league player of the year um, he averaged more than 20 points per game the year before that. Um, he's a six foot three, six foot four guard, very much a scorer. Can can affect the game in some other ways, but if if you look at his profile, he is first and foremost um, a a a a bucket getter, for lack of a, a more artful term. Um, and he'd been in the NBA draft process, and he I think is still technically in that process, but in the meantime entered the portal uh, last week and Indiana was one of the first teams to reach out. And he's kind of an example of this, this, this dynamic that the portal has introduced, which is you go in with needs and you may, um, you know, you may, you may strike out a little bit earlier. You may, I mean, Indiana had a couple of big hits early. Peyton Sparks was a good ad. Of course, Kalel Ware was one of the most pursued players in the portal um, in those early weeks, but you, you get to a place where it, it's sort of like you, you miss on some targets. Indiana missed on some in that backcourt area in the wing area, Chris Ledlam, Dalton connect. And it sort of feels like, well, what are you going to do now? What's different with the portal is there were, you know, there, there are up until the May 11th deadline going to be guys jumping in that you didn't expect. And I think that, you know, what then happens of course is other teams have filled some needs. Maybe there are fewer suitors. Maybe you've got a better opportunity with a certain player um, Indiana obviously needs, I mean, I, I would say they need a guard and a wing, and I know they're also involved with McKenzie and Baco, the, the, the Duke decommit, um, who I think is more of a wing forward type, but his shooting reputation would, would say to me anyway that he could be the sort of player that Indiana, um, that, that could help Indiana at the three as much as the four. Um, 
but I think that, you know, Jordan Dingle is an example. First of all, I think Indiana would like to be as involved in Jordan Dingle's recruitment as, as he'll allow. Second of all, Jordan Dingle is a good example of this dynamic the portal has that even if you miss on something, there may be something else, you know, that, that there may be another player out there that, that you didn't know was coming in or hadn't entered yet or, or, or you didn't expect to, to be involved with that you could jump in with. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, talking about IU and the current status with things of the transfer portal. Speaking of the portal, I, I know we've talked about it a lot, had a couple texts on it already. I'm curious your thoughts on Jordan Geronimo to Maryland. He's staying in the Big Ten Conference for next season. Yeah, I think um, it's it, with Geronimo, the potential has never been in doubt. And you can, you know, even through maybe the, the the most sort of inconsistent portions of his career, you could still see sort of Jordan Geronimo, why he was a high major recruit to begin with, why, you know, Indiana, first R.G. Miller and then Mike Woodson really invested time in developing him. Um, he wasn't able to polish enough of those rough edges in, in Bloomington, um, and sometimes that happens. Obviously, Maryland is also closer to home. He's from New Jersey. Um, but you can see why, you know, a, a program at the level that Maryland's at would still be interested and would still think maybe, you know, if, if we can get him into our system with, with the way we develop players and, and the way we sort of put the finishing touch on certain attributes and things, um, it, it does feel a little bit, um, or it does, it does feel just like a, an example of one of those players that you just sort of say, you know, if if you can get if you can kind of tap a little bit more consistency out of him than than people could get before, then you know you might have a really really good player on your hands. And so it's not surprising to see him still at a at a high major program at a Big Ten program. I think it's so interesting though when these portal transfers happen and someone remains in the same conference. It really adds to the storyline of IU and Maryland's two games that we know will be played next season. And all IU fans on a probably a nightly, weekly basis will be keeping up with Jordan. Yeah, I mean that's again maybe another one of those things that it, it didn't feel like was um, was really sort of I don't know if the word is a done thing or what. You know that there was a, a, a time when I mean, listen, it, it, you know, for a long time it was considered um, basically illegal. Trend, you know, people people may forget this. I don't know, but um, the the Big Ten used to have a rule that said that if you transferred in conference, you had to not only sit out the year that, that was always required, but you had to um, you had to do it off scholarship, and so you basically would have to pay your own way for a year to to be. Uh, to be able to transfer within the conference. And, and, you know, people would challenge that, and it would kind of come and go. But the point is the rule still existed. That attitude still existed. Um, and I think I think it's, it's, it's easy to kind of forget that maybe that was only 10, 12 years ago that we were still talking about um, transferring that way. And, and how radically sort of just the, the culture, frankly, has changed around all this that, 
it seems a lot more normal now. You know, even when like Max Bielfeld transferred from Michigan to Indiana, nobody really held that against him. There was a lot more playing opportunity in, in Indiana. He'd never really carved out a role at Michigan and all this. And still, it was kind of this sort of awkward thing. And then, you know, I remember when Indiana went up to Michigan and, and there was all this kind of like awkwardness around like, you know, are people going to be nice to him? Is he going to get booed? What's going to happen? I just think a lot more of that is more normal now than it ever really used to be. And um, it's it's obviously a little bit um, it's obviously always going to be a little bit awkward, but I think that that it's it's different to um, maybe what the way we would have seen all that you know five, ten, certainly twenty years ago. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Zach, one other thing I want to bring up from a basketball perspective is Indiana and Auburn according to John Rothstein, are going to play uh, in a non-conference game 23-24 season. That's interesting. You mentioned Mike Woodson building something similar at Indiana, maybe with length and size to what he had with the Atlanta Hawks. Indiana's going to play this Auburn game down in Atlanta. Indiana has a lot of connections uh, to that state with uh, Coach Woodson's time in Atlanta with the Hawks. Coach Roseman is from there. And Indiana's got two players from Georgia on their roster for next season and recruiting a number of guys from that state. So probably a pretty good situation for Indiana, not just a non-conference game, but also a game at a neutral site location in Atlanta. Yeah, I think um, I had heard that this was uh, a real possibility before the uh, before last season and that it was something that, that Indiana was considering ahead of last season and then I think uh, the Arizona game kind of preempted it and you know I, I, I say this all the time when people talk about non-conference scheduling there are two kind of crucial Saturdays in December um, the first Saturday in December is always the is always sort of reserved quote unquote, um, at least from a television, you know, a television uh, uh, inventory perspective for the football conference championship games. Then the last two Saturdays in December, depending either the last Saturday or the last two, depending on how the, the, the calendar falls, are reserved for Christmas and New Year's, and teams don't want to play on those typically. Um, but there are always two Saturdays in between. Last year, I think it was the 10th and the 17th. This year, I think it'll be the 9th and the 16th, um, where college football isn't playing, but the NFL season is still in the NFL is still in its regular season, which means there's no playoff games on Saturdays. And college basketball gets those two Saturdays basically to itself on the major networks on you know Fox, FS1, FS2, ESPN, ABC. If, if ABC wants to carry a game you know, uh, CBS, yada, yada, yada. Those are always big target dates. We've seen Indiana play the Kentucky series on those dates before. Of course, the Crossroads Classic has been on those dates. The Kansas series has been on the, it was on that date last year. We'll be on one of those dates this year. Um, Indiana was, my understanding from a while ago is Indiana and Auburn were in discussions about putting this event, putting, putting this game together last year on the weekend, the date that Indiana wound up playing Arizona. So this is a long way to way of saying, you know, you mentioned all of Indiana's Atlanta connections. I believe Mike Woodson even still has a home in Atlanta. Um, there is a there is a clear desire from this program to have a presence in the southeast 
from a recruiting perspective, from a talent perspective, from a culture perspective. It shouldn't be surprising that if you see the opportunity to, you know, to go play a game in an NBA arena um, against an Auburn team, that, okay, it, I, I get that it's not Arizona, but, I mean, Auburn has been in five, four of the last five NCAA tournaments. Um, they were in the Final Four in 2019. I think everybody recognizes kind of what Bruce Pearl is getting going or has gotten going at Auburn. They are, you know, reliably, they've only once in the last six years that they've been outside the Ken Palm top 35. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a quality opponent in a, a setting that makes perfect sense if you're, if you're Indiana. And it kind of fills the last, the last hole we wondered if there was in Indiana's non-conference. There's no ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, Indiana is not expected to be involved in the Gavit games this year, but they've got the two quality games out in New York, or at least the, you know, depending on whom they play. I know Louisville's coming off a pretty bad season. Um, but then they've also got Kansas coming to Assembly Hall in later in December. This kind of gets them up to that magic number of, of four quality non-conference games. It's always felt like that was sort of a target. And, um, I would. I guess I wouldn't be stunned if they add another one, but this does feel like maybe the last big, sort of like you know, whatever term you want to use, like glitzy non-conference game that we're going to see Indiana put on the twenty-three-four schedule. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us as we go to break here in a moment. I do want to note Indiana football with a couple commitments here over the last few days, and also I didn't realize this, but until this year, until this draft that just finished up. Over the weekend on Saturday, I think um, there had been nine straight years of an IU football player at least being selected in some round of the draft. That streak came to an end this year, even though there are a handful of guys that are getting uh, undrafted free agent deals. So just a couple notes on football, your reaction to the commitments and to the uh, no Hoosier being drafted over the weekend. You know, I was a, I was a little bit surprised, and I didn't think there was anybody – that was, um, um, I didn't think that there was, was anybody that was sort of like a stone cold top three round lock. I didn't think there was anybody on this, this roster that was just sort of, or this not so much roster, I guess this draft class, if, if you want to say, uh, from Indiana, that was just like a guarantee. Um, but there were enough guys that I, I was a little surprised nobody got taken you know, I thought Cam Jones had a really good chance um, to be drafted. Um, I thought um, Devon Matthews or Jalen Williams, one of those guys might, you know, or even Tywin Mullen, although Mullen obviously has had some injury issues that I think it probably slowed him down the last couple of years. Um, I was surprised that, you know, just on the, I guess on the balance of probability as much as anything else, that none of those, um, none of those, uh, three got picked. And then Luke Haggard was the other one that, that really kind of jumped off the page to me. A very, still a very, like football wise, still very young. He hasn't played football for very long. He's got a lot of good measurables at tackle, and he wasn't picked either. Now, it, it is worth saying without knowing the details of any of these guys' deals that there are times when it's more preferable to be an undrafted free agent. The deeper you get into the draft, you can have more control over where you land. You can negotiate a better salary or more guarantees um, or even sometimes a bigger bonus than those late-round picks. It's just part of the calculus. 
the basketball draft works the same way in some corners. Um, but I was a little bit surprised that nobody came off the board anywhere for, for Indiana just because it felt like on the just the total weight of guys they had that somebody might. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us Monday. Zach, always great stuff. Thank you. We'll talk with you next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Zach Osterman with us. Always a great way to start the week from an IU perspective. Of course, another big IU thing out there is Mackenzie Mbako, who decommitted uh, from Duke and opened his, uh, reopened his commitment back in uh, mid-April, about a half or half month or so ago. In, Indiana is going to get a visit from him, St. John's, Kansas, Indiana, and Louisville. And he was in St. John's this past weekend. He is a huge player out there for the next season. I mean, it's it's not like he's got another year of high school basketball left, and he's a six foot eight forward. So another guy with some length and size to him, that's for sure. But boy, he would be a late pickup by whoever is fortunate enough to uh, land him after a decommitment from Duke. We'll head to a commercial break. Local sports is next. Chad Gilbert, athletic director at Charlestown High School, will be my guest. Also, we'll uh, catch up on the baseball sectional and softball pairings as well. We're at that time of year entering really the last month for most activities for most teams of the school year. And, of course, some lucky teams will advance into June in some of the latter round rounds of the uh, baseball playoffs of postseason. But uh, we'll catch up on all that more with Zach after this. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday edition of the program. Don't forget the Big X Sports Radio golf card is now available and supplies are limited. This year's card features Park Mammoth down in the Bowling Green area, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. So a lot of Southern Indiana golf courses on the Big X card once again this year. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Get yours today, BigXSportsRadio.com, or call 812-725-1457. Chad, I cannot believe, and I'll be honest with you, I had gotten busy over the weekend and forgot, baseball and softball tournament draws were yesterday in Indianapolis. We now know what postseason look at, looks like for both of those big spring sports. We're approaching the end, the end of the school year and also the end of high school sports for the 22-23 year. Well, Matt, first of all, what a deal on that golf cart. My goodness, that's a great deal for people to get out and in the end, just hang out with the family and friends, hit some golf balls. It's just a great opportunity. So I hope people go out and pick that golf cart up because you can't find a better deal than that. But as you said, um, it's here, Matt. The school year is winding down. We're three weeks in uh, to go, and it's fall. The spring season seemed like we just talked about starting up, and they're and they're wrapping up right now. It's like you said, the 
softball and baseball draws being last night. Uh, I do think it's a little bit earlier this year than it has been in the past. I'm going to say we're about a week earlier than we have been in the past. But it still gives teams an opportunity to get themselves ready. It's a host an opportunity to get themselves ready. And it, it should be an exciting spring ending for Southern Indiana. Because, you know, we've talked about this before, but my goodness, there's some great baseball being played in Southern Indiana, as well as great softball. Our, we are hosting the softball sectional at Charleston, and my goodness, we're going to have some good games. So we're really excited about that, and uh, I think our local teams and local schools have a lot to be excited for as we come down the main, the final stretch. Absolutely. Looking at the pairings in 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A locally, you know, with how strong the pitching is at certain schools this year and just how good some of the teams are, it's just like other sports and basketball. The draw really can matter. Your path to a championship really can matter. And, you know, we talk about basketball a ton, Chad, and you've been there as a coach and navigated teams through a state tournament before. But, man, in baseball especially, when you've got pitch counts and limitations there, I've got to believe that that draw in some ways could matter even more. Matt, no question. With the draw, whoever you get, your pitching rotation plays a huge part of that. The pitch count plays a huge part of that. Softball, not so much. Because you can pitch the same one, you can ride them all the way through. But in baseball, the draft and who, or excuse me, the draw and who you play is huge because of your pitching rotation. If you looked at the draws, I think Jeff got a really favorable draw. I thought New Washington got a good draw. Uh, Charlestown, I thought we got a tough draw. And we've had a really good season, Matt. But you know what? you got to play them one game at a time, go out and see what happens. And baseball is different from any other sport. You know, we've talked about you don't have to be the best team. You have to be the best team that day. I've seen games where we've hit the ball right on the nose, but right at somebody. And that could happen, too. And that, that's what makes it so exciting, Matt. Chad, I just got a, te- a text on the Thornton's text line that's too good to not read. Uh, is this the first time you've ever had a guest eating lunch while he's live on the air? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I do, I do apologize. You caught me on a uh, – we're in an IHSA meeting today, and I am at the table, and we are trying to uh, go through some stuff right now, but I, I do apologize on the, on the dinner part or the lunch oh, part. W- we're just giving you a hard time, Chad. We're glad to get you no matter when it is or where it is. Chad Gilbert, my guest here on this Monday edition of the program. Chad, you know, you're the guy that I can talk just about anything basketball with any time of year. And so the high school season is over. Most of the coaching changes have settled. We're thinking ahead to summer basketball. The recruiting stuff is popping. And, of course, the transfer stuff is really popping. Uh, but one thing that's still going is NBA. And I know you keep up with it. And I thought – the playoffs, and we touched on this, I think it was last week or the week before, but the playoffs so far have been really good. So if you're a basketball fan in the area and you just over the NBA or you don't like it or you don't follow it for whatever reason, the playoffs this year just seem different. There's been upsets. There has been uh, just some great finishes, some great individual performances, and I know you keep up with it. Maybe not as much as you do the high school and college stuff, but it's been enjoyable this year with each round that advances I'm I'm really looking forward to some of these series. It's been a long time since I generally really got into the NBA playoffs. Maybe the finals, but never this early. 
Man, I apologize. I've stepped into the vestibule. You may have a little echo here. I'm freezing, but I do apologize. I did not know that it was that sounding that bad at the table. I do apologize. Uh, but, but you're right, Matt. It is an outstanding time of the year for NBA playoffs. If you saw the performance Steph Curry put on yesterday, one for the ages, a Game 7 clutch, 50-point-plus performance, when everything's on the line. You know, the Golden State Warriors against the L.A. Lakers next round who could ask for better basketball than that it's just so exciting and you you get to see how good these players are and there's nothing better than a game seven where Steph Curry brought his a game to the court and just you know basically told Golden State get on my back we're going to win this thing and he almost looked like Teen Wolf out there stealing the ball from his own guys and just a performance for the ages but if you get a chance and I know we talk about this year in, year out. The NBA plays, the sets that they run, if you can really dial in and see how they isolate guys one-on-one, it's magnificent. It's magnificent to see the job these guys do coaching. They're just not rolling the ball out and playing. They are setting guys up for counters. They're setting them up for the next play. They're setting themselves up to get isolated. They're setting themselves up for a jump shot in the corner. And what's Really amazing, if you can really get into it, is see how the defense tries to stop it, what kind of scheme they use, whether it's hedging, whether it's getting under the ball screen, whether it's dropping, whether it's switching from the wing. There's just so much that goes involved in it because these are the best players in the world, the best athletes in the world, and they make it look so, so easy. But as you and I know, Matt, watching NBA games, being there in person, it's not easy because – Everything is just scouted to the minute detail. The players are just so magnificent, so skilled that it, it's just a, it's a work of art, really. It, it really is. And you, and you think about those teams scoring 100 some points where everything, oh, there's no defense being played. There's a lot of defense being played. There's just a lot of really, really good players. Yeah, and Chad, this is more of a coaching question, I guess, than anything. But, you know, as a guy like you that, has coached and keeps up with the game and, and all of its changes for a high school coach in the area or a young coach that's trying to learn some stuff. Is some of this NBA stuff you see in the playoffs, these quick hitters and other things you describe, is it maybe the best basketball there for somebody to actually pick some of that stuff up from? If I was, if I was doing the coaching game, I'd be recording these playoffs every night and just going back. So you can, you can see a quick set. You can rewind it. That's, that's the beauty of nowadays on uh, the DVR where you can just pause and rewind, pause, rewind. You can just jet it down. I think we talked about that when I coached. I had a notebook by my bed. I had a notebook in the living room. I had a notebook in the bathroom because I did some, I did some serious thinking in the bathroom, Matt. And, you know, those are, those are types of deals that when the thought comes to you, you got to jot it down because you never know when that play is going to come through that you're going to, that you're going to need that quick hit. But you have it down, you say, hey, I remember this, I practice this, and let's go for it. Because that's the one thing. These guys aren't just drawing plays in the sand. When they call a timeout, you see them on the clipboard. They are not drawing plays in the sand. They're just reiterating where everyone should be on the court during that play. You can't draw. You can't say, Matt, you stay in the corner, Chad, you take the ball, Billy, you come off the pick. It doesn't work like that. You've got to practice that over and over and over again. And what happens when they're on the dry race board, they're just reiterating to make sure they know where everyone is on the court. Yeah, good stuff. Chad Gilbert with me. Uh, he's always with us Mondays on the program as we talk 
local sports. Chad, we'll let you get back to your IHSA meeting. We appreciate the time, and we'll catch up with you again next Monday. Oh, by the way, I was in your gym yesterday for our spring league that we have every year with uh, 380 or so kids. The gym is outstanding. You make improvements every single time. It, It just looks great. Well, I appreciate it, man. We're proud of our gym in high school. If you get a chance, you look at our other facilities up there. Our softball field is outstanding. Our football, our baseball, our tennis courts. We are extremely proud and extremely lucky at Charlestown High School to have the facilities to have uh, someone like you to bring teams, bring kids, bring parents into our facilities where kids can develop and kids can get better and continue to love the game of basketball. So thank you for running the the league, Matt, and appreciate you running at Charlestown High School. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest. He's with us Mondays as we talk local sports. And that's going to wrap up things for this Monday program. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. We'll be back Tuesday. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier set to join for the latest with IU basketball and more. And all of our normal guests this week and some. You never know who may join us and check in here this time of year. That's going to wrap things up for Monday. Hope you have a great week. We'll be back with you Tuesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.